pride of Limerick, a young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 179 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheen. With me this week, like every week, is the Ronnie Venucci of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald. As we break down... Uh, do you know who Ronnie Venucci is, yeah? No, I never know who any of them are. Ah. <laughs> yeah, people, uh, you'll have to look it up, lads. You'll have to look it up. But anyway, we're going to... We've not that much stuff to talk about this week. Although we have an event from Saturday night. We have an event next week. Um, McGregor and Habib are going to have a press conference coming up. We'll talk about that. And the possible ramifications of... You know, that's not what normal people say. Uh, Triple G Canelo as well last night. No, Graham didn't see it, but I saw a bit of it. We'll talk about that for a second. Verdum has been banned. Floyd Manny might be fighting again. And other stuff. Graham, you had a busy weekend. How are you? Yeah. I'm good. I'm well. I'm actually hungover, but uh, besides that, I'm alright. Um, any any breaking news for us there around to to um to to get us excited? Like, is there anything anything going on in the the life of Graham that's really you know exciting or exuberant or anything like that? No, just the same thing we've been doing for for years. Except, uh, I don't know, people probably notice that we haven't been updating Severe as much. <laughs> yeah, why? What's wrong with you? Why are you not updating shit? I, don't know, I, just, I, think, I think I just need to take a little break for, not a break completely, but just when when putting up a, a, a simple video becomes, oh, for fuck's sake, in your head, you, yeah. you need a little time away. <laughs> yeah. I, I've actually been the exact same. Like I, just, like, I just want to do podcasts and shit now, but I'm sure in the next three weeks that <coughs> shit will be fucking... Will be better because this whole yeah, Sunday Irish scene is so hard to cover now as well. Like just because yeah. there's no shows in Ireland, it's just so it's just so much harder to cover mm-hmm. um, than before. And yeah, there's so many more people as well. And there was somebody on to me asking like, when are you gonna update the rankings? Haven't been updated since whatever three years ago or something. I'm like, the amount of hassle those 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 rankings co- uh, caused, and the amount of effort you have to put in to get them even close to right. Mm-hmm. Like that's like it's so hard to see half of these fights unless we go ourselves and film them. Mm-hmm. And they're happening not in Ireland anymore, so <laughs> it's very difficult. Yeah, that is. Aren't you lucky of someone like me who's just killing shit here on on uh, on the podcast? We actually if, uh, go to severemedacom forward slash points. Everyone listening here, sign up for our Patreon. We had loads of shit from last week. The sh- episode two of the Sheehan Show. Myself and Patrick just talk shit. I had Alan Murphy on the KSWPR guy to and powerhouse MMA people know him to talk about uh, KSW's upcoming show. I had loads of other shit anyway. So go over there. Name Huh? Name him, name him. I, I was actually, I was going to ask him about that, but I completely forgot. But I said I'd get him on again. So uh, I so forgot it. You mean you bottled it? No, I actually did forget. I was going to, I was going to say it to him. Like, <laughs> did, did you? I, I don't know if you listened yet, but I was like, uh, at the, at the start, we were talking about how uh, Severa May and Powerhouse were these big rivals, and Alan was like, we've both matured since then. I was like, yeah, maybe you have enough fucking grand. <laughs> <laughs> that freak is as bad as he ever was. They're being very nice saying they're rivals. How, <laughs> we were rivals. Oh, for fuck. That, this man did us the good gracious of coming on to do a podcast with us. Oh, I'm talking about him. Talk about him. Why do you assume I'm talking about Severe? <laughs> because make, that's exactly what you're talking about. Don't make world assumptions. Don't make world assumptions, Sean. <laughs> I never liked you anyway. If Powerhouse had asked me for us, I would have been over there. Condemnation when they throw in <laughs> investigation is the height of ignorance. Oh, God. You're lucky you, you fucking... And I mean... I mean the height of ignorance. You're lucky you barraged me with fucking messages and phone calls for a year and I, I ended up here running shit for you. So you're lucky. If, uh, you're lucky you would have been swallowing away on your making fun of fighters on Twitter. Hey, listen, be, <laughs> I'm kind of still doing that, am I not? 
I suppose we better. Easy, 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 Garcia. Easy, Garcia. Jesus, yeah. Sure. I suppose we better. Uh, we better. We better talk about a few fights before we go insane altogether. Um, before we get to the main event here, what are you doing? Are you making fucking shit? Like, are you? I know exactly what you're doing. Do you want to tell the people what you're doing? You fucking dirty addict, you animal. No. <laughs> Some it's, it's purely boy. medicinal. It's purely medicinal. <laughs> You're some prick. Boy. I never liked you. <laughs> I never liked you. All right. Before we get to the bit of it, this is a fight. You're a little rat. You're a little rat, John. <laughs> you stitches. You be getting stitches until you come to Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never go. I'll never go. The last day I was in Dublin was the best day ever, so I'm never going again. Yeah, I don't know. Exactly, I was there. Yeah, I was there. I was there since then. I was there since. Or was that? Was that, that was yeah, sec- it was. That yeah. was the second best day of your life, wasn't it? It was the second best day. I got to eat dinner with pizza, so that was great. Um, here, come here to me. What about this CB Dalloway Khalid Murzalayev finish? This was. Yeah. Well, he should have paid Herb Dean the money he owed him before the fight. Like, <laughs> I was talking to someone, and they they said it to me, and someone, uh, I won't say exactly who, but it's. They, they said it to me that this was the worst stoppage in UFC history. What, would you agree with that? No. Um, no. It was a non-stoppage, yeah? Yeah. Well, there are, that's what I mean. Like, the worst... The yeah, the worst letting fight yeah, no, go think, in UFC history. I think... I think uh, Weidman and Rockhold was worse because it went on for longer. Mm-hmm. Even though the, the, the way CB Dalloway just laid over on his belly and just took the shots... Was was like more. He was more given up or more out of it than Weidman. But Weidman was just. It went off for so long, and it was hard to watch. Like both of them are hard to watch, but I think the Weidman one, maybe because I was there at the, at the event, but it was hard to watch. Like it was really hard to watch. That one always sticks in my mind as like the worst non-stoppage. And yeah, both Herb Dean. I agree with you. I I think that was the worst non-stoppage. They're both Herb Dean, yeah. But I think this was the worst refereeing ever. I think this was absolutely scandalous. Like at least well, we, remember, we, remember Randy Couture's wife Kim Couture was in like a, a choke and she was out conscious for about like, thirty seconds before the ref stopped. Yeah. Oh jeez. Well, I think, uh, I think somebody yeah. ran into. I think somebody ran into the cage from the corner and like fucking took the ref out. Like it was like, yeah. what the fuck you doing, mate? Yeah. Well, that well, okay. Maybe in UFC we'll say so. Like in outside the UFC, there's been terrible ones in Brazil and stuff. Those on a couple of weeks ago, it was awful. But in the UFC, and, uh, I suppose you know, kind of with Herb Dean and especially we've seen awful rest before. But the, to me, like the Weidman one was more vicious, more hurtful, and everything. But at least Weidman was still trying to fight. There was like Weidman never gave up there for a second. He was beaten to a to a bloody pulp, but he never gave up. Whereas CB Dalloway yeah. here had given up. This fight was over. He was laying there, just you know, he was basically tapping without moving. You know what I mean? Like this fight was well, over. He, yeah, no, he fully he fully showed like here, save me here, ever. I don't want to. I don't want to tap. Exactly. But also, I always say this: his corner. Yeah, it's like, true. What's what's like his corner like Herb Dean? Okay, he's meant to do a job, but like he doesn't know this guy. Maybe like he doesn't know this guy from anybody. Like he's these guys are his friends, his his family, or whatever, his second family. They should be thrown in the towel or just shouting at the ref. Stop this! Yeah. Stop this! I I'd be thinking, did they even know the rules? Like, like, when, did they when, even when, knew, when, no? They can do that. Like, like. The commentator, the commentators are are basically shouting, "Stop this!" Without without shouting, this needs to be stopped. This needs to be stopped. Getting louder and louder, hoping the ref will hear them. Like yeah. you know. There's been a couple of occasions where, I, like in, in Irish MMA or in other things, where I've been tempted to shout out stuff, and you just you just can't because your media. I think one time I, I shouted out because a chandelier got hit and there was like glass <laughs> in the in the cage. That was the only time. That was the only time I ever shouted out. Yeah. Or another time, actually, I, I I said something when a guy was wearing four ounce gloves against a guy in six ounce gloves in amateur. Really? Yeah, yeah. How did that happen? Where and what happened? Did they did they change the gloves or what's the guy? They changed. They they changed. They changed them. Yeah. 
Jesus. It's delayed the fight, but yeah. That is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I've, there's there's some <laughs> mad stuff going on. Like I was, but it can be very tempting. Yeah. Like even the commentator, like as a commentator, like uh, like that's as, probably as much as you can do to say really loudly, "This needs to be stopped. This needs to be stopped." You can't really shout like "Stop this, Herb!" Like you know, it's yeah. not really your place. But at the same time, like if somebody's getting beaten that badly, maybe it is. Like there, there comes a point where it actually is your place. Yeah, just, just step in. No matter, no matter, just anybody who's like a bystander, like, you know what I mean. Like, but it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. Like it wasn't, like I wasn't like he's gonna kill him here. But uh, it was pretty just, bad though. Such an experienced referee as well. It's just, it's, it's absolutely awful. Yeah, like, the, the lack of like he wasn't even close to stopping it. Mm-hmm. That was the thing. He wasn't like he wasn't like move now or we're gonna stop it. Like for like a load of times, he should have said that. Like, yeah, it was like a- it wasn't like you know a Cahill Pendred fight where he's like. Every time the ref says move, or I'm gonna stop it, he just like moves, or he just yeah. like puts himself in a worse position. Even like you know, he just keep like he clearly wasn't trying to stay in the fight. Mm-hmm. Like there was, he wanted out. There was 65 seconds of just beating on him. The last 20 of which were were terrible. Like the, a lot of these shots were hitting the gloves and stuff like that. But he had clearly given up. He, this fight was clearly over. Like and the way I, he mounted him as well, he just like let him yeah, mount him yeah, like, exactly. as if he never done. Like CB Dalloway literally has been doing MMA for about twenty something years, and he looked like he'd never done jiu-jitsu before. Like just let him, let yeah. him. And, and then afterwards, Herb Dean's like, "Get up, or I'm gonna stop the fight." It's like, Dash, he's he's already gone fuck. down. Like he's already showed that he doesn't want to fight. Like there's this is yeah. you know it was ridiculous. And it, I suppose getting on from that point in. It, this gives uh, you know this gives credence to those people and I saw today I saw Dan Rowan a BBC uh, reporter and other people as well I, I, he retweeted yeah. a comment about this is not a sport you know this is how, how can you call this a sport and this you, that's right you know that's not a sport what they did the, the yeah. last that was GBH this should not be allowed to happen this was terrible terrible refereeing and those people are 100% correct when they say that at this yeah, when that goes on yeah, that's in it, like when in, in the rules the rest meant to follow exactly when you're not intelligent defending yourself mm-hmm. so like when the rules are broken in other sports like you know bad things can happen as well it's not the sport's fault it's like if a riot breaks out at a football match it's not like football's a bad sport that's true or but, if the ref but if the ref pulls out a gun shoot somebody at a, in a rugby match it's not like rugby's a terrible sport like it's, it's, yeah but M- are, M- mma broke. mma is on that knife edge at all times we can't you know this is not tiddlywinks this is not <laughs> soccer this is not rugby this is fighting and when you let that go when you let that go too far it can go beyond you know the, the sport that we love the the rule set yeah. that we love this it, it, we have to recognize well, yeah, that as okay. well. I, 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 I can i can recognize that but I, I can recognize that completely like it's a dangerous sport like it is but like these people who fair enough if you think all oh, like rugby and cheerleading and all these sports are very dangerous like then and you're speaking out against all of them then fair enough mm-hmm. Like, you know, if somebody gets thrown up in the air and not caught while cheerleading and lands on their neck and die, it's not like, oh, cheerleading is a terrible sport. It's like, oh, what a tragic mm-hmm. mistake it was made here. Well, my, you know? point, my point here is that uh, what my, my big point is that the referees and, you know, the people in charge and the coroners, as you said as well, need to be very careful. They, they are the ones who keep this sport a sport. You know, they keep, you know, we need to keep the shit away. We need to give these people no credence to say this isn't a sport to say you know this is yeah. you know gbh or whatever those people put in charge herb dean was absolutely 
terrible at the other night. He like he this man should oh. not be refereeing anymore. He's he's finished as a referee in my book. He's had too he's many. He's to go back and prove himself again now. After yeah. like this is a series of of mm-hmm. absolute cockups. Ah, uh, yeah, horrendous, just awful, constantly. You know, and he used to be a, a good ref just because he's yeah. been around and he's like a well, quote legend or whatever of MMA or a veteran, sorry, of MMA refereeing. It doesn't matter. Uh, if you're if you're incompetent for the job, you need to be. Maybe he just needs time away. Maybe he's just fucking been on the road for fucking twenty years and he's mm-hmm. just fucking exhausted mentally, or like who knows what's going on with him. Maybe he just needs time off. But they need to. He needs to be doing be- a better job, or he needs to be gone. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. All right, let's move on to to a couple of other things. I I just want to talk about <laughs> this this Peter Yan Jin Su San fight, and we'll get to the fight in a second. But another refereeing thing in this. What is that? Nailed it as a CME would say. Why? Oh, what did I say? Did I get it wrong? When you, when you say net, when you say <laughs> names every time, Chad says nailed it. Oh yeah, but they, they usually say it wrong, don't they? I, I said it right, I think. But anyway, my big thing about this with the referee, and I think Mark Adard is the best referee in the world. But he, I don't think he did a great job at the start of this fight. I, I was watching this fight now. I um. Like, do you think he's the best referee in the world? I, I do, yeah. yeah. Who's better than him? Like, Big John is gone now. I think it's between him and Big John. I don't think there's anyone else. Who else do you think there is? I, I, I think Big John. I think, um, I think actually, it's on the sly, Herzog is yeah, actually very I, good. That's who I was going to say as well. Yeah, he's a very good referee. Yeah, like, I like because you team. never talk about him is exactly what you want with, it, with mm-hmm. it. Like, your referee's done in thousands and thousands. I've seen him do thousands and thousands of maybe it's and very rarely you're like, oh, Herzog, you fucking idiot. Like, yeah. 100%. Like he just, nobody knows who he is because he does a good job like mm-hmm. yeah, and he right. doesn't do interviews and he's not trying to make himself a fucking celebrity mm-hmm. and he's not like arrogant like some of the other referees like he just does his job that is true that is true but in this uh, eye pokes he got poked with an eye and for uh, got poked with an eye got poked with a finger in the eye and for about 90 seconds before it I was just looking at like he has his fingers out all the time Peter Yan did constantly and like yeah. Uh, Son was trying to play a forward uh, motion game. He was trying to go forward. You know, it was, it was an absolutely brilliant fight. We get to in a second, but like he was keeping him from coming forward by putting the fingers out, and it was maybe one of the most egregious uh, examples of it I've ever seen. I'm very surprised Goddard didn't warn him before that. Like I was like, warn him, warn him, warn him, and then he gets poked in the eye. It was like to me, it was just so obvious that it was happening that you you know I we, I give Goddard enough credit. I, I said it loads of times. I think he's the best ref in the world. I think he has to be criticized for that. I don't think it was good refereeing. I think he could have stopped that eye poke from happening and you know he's 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 i look bad for the rest you know for a good bit of the rest of the fight you know i don't i'm not saying to change the fight or anything i think yan would have won uh as well but i think that was bad refereeing you know i think you need to you know you need to crack down on things like that and that's a rule now those rules have been changed you know you can't ha- extend your fingers like that and put them into the eyes and that ch- you know i don't think people realize how much that changes a fight and how much and how much it change and i'm not saying the eye book itself but holding your hands out like it's st- if a guy's game is to come inside and get close to you and you're trying to keep him on the outside and your fingers are directed towards his eyes at all times that's so hard like that can change an actual fight that way so i need i really think the referees need to need to crack down on that and i think he should have cracked down on it uh on on, uh, on saturday night as well but uh, you know what do you think of this fight i know you you went back and watched some of it son this guy is just really exciting and peter yan looks like a top top prospect i know pt has talked about him a lot and so he definitely looks like a really good fighter and both of these guys look like they could do damage in that bantamweight division over the next few years aren't they yeah it's hard to, the bantamweight division is so stacked at the top though the, the, the level of the tj and dominic and, and cody yeah. And even Asensio is just so high. Like it's these guys are early in their career compared to them. I wouldn't want to see them anywhere near those. He had a slow build. Like what are they? They're like 11, 12, 12 fights each. 
Mm-hmm. At 30 days in MMA. Um, there's a lot of potential there, especially well, for both of them. Really, like you, you wouldn't you wouldn't write Son off either. Yeah. But um, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be looking at them as future contenders yet. Though I got a lot to prove. Yeah, 100. percent Yeah, but uh, I, uh, no, nah, yeah, future contenders. I'd say I think they're vulgar prospects, not contenders at the moment, but definitely, yeah, uh, definitely on the way there. I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Jin Su Song versus Tom Dukunwa next. I think that'd be a that'd be a good fight and. Uh, that'd be one I'd like to see. Uh, there were good wins as well for uh, Jordan Johnson. He got an arm triangle, looked uh, looked pretty tight on that uh, in the in the end. And Hussam Kabalov beat Kajin Johnson as well in, in a close fight. Uh, on the undercard, Shamil Abdur Ahimov versus Andrzej Arlovski was another bore fest. Uh, Shamil Shamil won it today. Yeah, he did apparently. I did. Yeah. fair play to him. Uh, and then the the, the the top two, Jan Blakovic versus Nikita Krylov. In a, in a shocking... We kind of called... We kind of called... He's Krylov, like, he's he's good, but he, then he doesn't know how to defend submissions. I guess caught on weird submissions, like the Von Flute choke and this weird arm triangle Ezekiel thing got stuck in. Yeah, is it a mad as well? Like, Krylov used to fight at heavyweight, yet he looked like a fucking welterweight in here against Jan Blackfist. He looked so much smaller than him. It was, it was unbelievable. Maybe he can go down to middleweight and, and fight again. But as you said, yeah, Krylov... He, he was doing well early, you know, throwing, throwing those big kicks that he likes to throw, coming inside with the shots, but Blackovich just defends him well. He's a tough guy, you know, a tough out, and then he, he pulled him to the ground, and he got the he got the arm triangle in the in the second round. But, ah, look, yeah, Blackovich is, you know, there's a lot of these guys in the UFC, isn't there? These, these kind of, you know, Brad Tavares type of guys, and these tough, hard-nosed veterans who, if you're not right in the top of your game, they will beat you, you know. And I think Blackovich is definitely one of them. He's, what, three or four in a row now called D- out DC afterwards. He's not getting that. But, you know, respect, de- definitely huge respect to Blackovich. But I think Krilov is still, you know, he's still a big prospect in the light heavyweight division where we don't have too many, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He is. But it's just a division isn't great. Like, if you look beyond, in the top is a bit of a mess as well. Like, even... Gustafsson, like he doesn't really fight that regularly, and the kind of excitement that was built around him, and in, in, after the John Jones loss, is kind of just gone. Yeah, I think people just don't care anymore. And but like obviously, people in Sweden care, and, and he does have some fans. But the, the momentum that he had is just falling off a cliff. <laughs> it's, it's it's a hard it's hard to know. Like that division, it's becoming like the heavyweight division. It used to be it used to be a stacked div- division. Like light heavyweight historically with like Chuck Liddell and Tito and Randy and all them, but now it's just. Should them boys just still fighting? What are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> at the top of the division, I mean that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're 100 percent right. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And I think a lot of it has to do as well with with John Jones being away. And I know it wasn't great even outside of that. But John Jones is away. Daniel Cormier is up at heavyweight. Um, Anthony Johnson has retired, and he looks like he's retired because he's about fucking 25 stone now with all the muscle on him. So like the top three. He's just waiting for super heavyweight to be brought in, and then That's be back. True. That is true. But like three of the top four fighters over the last three or four years of light heavyweight are gone basically. And and Alexander Gustafsson, as you said, barely fights. So it's, it's it is such a weird yeah. division. And Lewis is number two in the rankings, and Curtis Blades is three, and Francis Ngani was four. And Francis Ngani's last fight, he looked like he didn't have a fight. And Volkov, that's like you know, uh, or sorry, that's heavyweight. Yeah, uh, sorry uh, when you mentioned heavyweight uh, with Daniel Cormier, looking at the wrong one. Less of him fucking drugs now, Graham. Get out. <laughs> Get them away, you fucking dirty animal. Relax, you. <laughs> I never liked you. But speaking of heavyweight division, we might as well get to the main event. And this was you. In fairness, you called, and I was wrong this week. But it was it, this week. 
Every week. How dare you? Last week I was right. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm never going to... Even a broken clock, Sean. Even a broken clock. <laughs> that is true. That is true. But this fight was kind of gone as I expected for the first couple of minutes. Uh, Mark Hunt came, came out, hit him with loads of leg kicks, was hitting him with the right hand for fun, hit him with a couple of left hooks, although I don't think he threw enough. And then he hit him with a huge right hand at once. It looked like he was going to knock him out and somehow Alnick uh, walked through it. Um... Hunt was kept coming on to him. maybe he opened up a little bit too much and Alnick caught him with a lovely left hand inside stunned him and then hit him with another left hand and I actually think it was a first left hand which caused the most of it to be honest but uh, the second one kind of dropped him Alnick got, pulled him down well he, he kind of got up after being half dropped Alnick pulled him down um, to, you know took him to pieces on the ground and ended up rear naked choking him I, I I didn't think it was fully classed done but when you have Alnick on your back this guy who is an absolute I fucking them arms are, are snake. so yeah. per- so powerful <laughs> like that old man strength and he's got like super old man strength mm-hmm. and I, Hunt knew like in that position all he had to do was adjust a little bit and it was over anyway but yeah. I you know don't fault I wouldn't fault Hunt for it he, he knew where he was he knew it was gone but uh, it was it was a bit odd because Hunt was doing so well, you know, and to, for him to get hurt on the feet was kind of the most shocking part of it. You know, maybe maybe you could have seen Alnick pulling him down or, you know, as, as you said last week, I think get a, get like a stand-in Ezekiel joke and then pull him to the ground with it or something like that. You know, he's done that a lot, but for him to actually land a big shot on him uh, was was a bit weird. Do you think it's Hunt getting older or how did, how did you say? Do you think it was just good by Alnick? I'd say it's probably Hunt thinking, oh, I have a massive advantage on the feet here and he's going to offer me offer nothing for me except these submissions and takedowns and just got sloppy and complacent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, you can just get hit with a shot. Like, you know, a guy throws a shot and you just move your head the wrong way. And even if you do respect the guy's, uh, the guy's striking, even if he hasn't got the best striking, if he lands a big punch, like if he lands a punch, it's going to hurt. So it might not be that he disrespected was was didn't show enough respect for his striking, but Olenek just he's he's just so experienced as well. Like you know he, he he's taken shots before. Like he he's been there. He he knows that all he needs against Mark Hunt is to get it to the ground, and it's pretty much over. So mm. even if you're even if you're hurt, you're just you're just thinking you always have that in the back of your head. And I suppose Hunt always has that in the back of his head as well. That like. He doesn't want to get taken down, so he's probably thinking, oh, "I don't want to get taken down," and then he gets hit with a big shot. He's yeah. not thinking about the shot as much as he, the punches as he should be. Mm-hmm. Isn't Alnick one of those guys as well that you know he just has that X factor, doesn't he? Forty-five wins by submission in his career. That is that is absolutely insane. You know, he's won four of his last five. His last wins in, in the UFC. Submission, uh, rear naked choke, submission, Ezekiel choke, submission, rear naked choke, submission, Ezekiel choke, KO punches, submission, scarfold. That's that, Those were all his wins in the UFC. Every win uh, he has won inside the distance. Yeah. Even before the UFC, he's like uh, Crow Cop, Dion Starring, Jeff Monson, Tony Lopez. You know, some good, good, heavy, big guys outside outside the UFC. Like, but if you look back, to, like he kind of he had a really good he had a really good start of his career, and then he kind of he lost to Chael Sonnen and Bodog, and he he, lo- he lost a few in a, he lost a few uh, on the bounce. But he, I don't know. He just seems he just seems like once once he gets a hold of you. Uh, obviously, obviously, okay. If he's gonna go against the top guys, like if he's gonna go against Daniel Cormier or Stephen Miocic, he's gonna get blown out of the water. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no, there's no, there's no title gonna be given to him or anything. But like, if you if you put him there, Francis and Ganu, and Francis and Ganu is afraid to throw a punch. Like, all he needs is to get a hold of him once. Like, we wouldn't run him out of that fight. Like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So 
he's really he's, he's like at 40 40 odd like what is he like 42 or something something like that yeah. early 40s maybe yeah. even older he's making like a late resurgence like okay curtis blades he, he got beaten by and daniel amalanchek was a, was a decision but besides that like travis brown like jared Rochelt, like victor pesta albini hunt like these are good wins outside of the, the upper echelon of the division oh there it is it's hard to know what to do with him next isn't it because like he's he has reached Derek Lewis Derek Lewis yeah Derek Lewis is fighting someone though coming up isn't he I don't know I'm just trying to go through the rankings here and this uh, this UFC uh, fans app where I usually get the rankings doesn't have you heavyweight on it for some reason which is which is odd enough but anyway like what about Steph Struve has he got a fight yeah, uh, he fought there recently enough, didn't he? And he got beat, but yeah, maybe. Yeah, Did, like it's 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 tough to know where to go with him because how high can you actually go above one? Like Hunt is Volkov. there. He, he, yeah. I think he can beat Volkov. I think I think he can probably beat Curtis Blades. I, I think I'd go with Curtis Blades in the fight, but like, would I be surprised if he got a hold of Curtis Blades? Not really. Like Derek Lewis, Derek he, Lewis yeah. doesn't land there. He starts holding his back and complaining. Like all that gets on top. Is he going to give up or is he going to be able to survive? Like he can win that fight. Like uh, it's just the, the the very top, like Cormier and Miocic and people like Velasquez. If he came back, mm-hmm. but um, maybe Verdum and it's a bad strong matchup for him. But we'll talk about Verdum later, I think. But um, yeah, obviously tied to Ivasi and stuff. I think that to Ivasa, I think is a bit is a. You don't you, you don't want to match him up with him because you don't like you, you were bringing this guy up. You don't want Olenek to Olenek. You know he's only got he's only got his ceiling is is. Not, is not that high like you know Tui Vasa would probably be the, the better bet for a long term uh, long term prospect but yeah. uh, you know I can see Volkov or Nganu or Derek Lewis or Blades I can see him with a chance in, in all of those fights yeah, and they're, they're top 5 guys yeah and, and, and what for Mark Hunt then I suppose you know he's lost all neck lost to Blades in his last fight lost over him a couple of fights before that he, he beat Derek Lewis in between and then you're going back to Brock Lesnar and he's a couple of wins against Mir and, and Bigfoot it's it's a tough position now isn't it for Mark Hunt with the you know with the lawsuit hanging over him and all RDOC gonna keep him around you know he's an aging heavyweight as well but he, he is one of those guys you know a little bit like a, a big country Ryan Nelson who can headline cards and you know people People yeah. don't really care about his record. Point Nelson's gone though. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but they need a guy like that, you know, with Nelson gone. You know, I, I don't think Alnick can do that by himself, like, you know, like Hunt did. No. And you know, they need headliners. They don't really have that many headliners. You know, like, like if you if you look down through the divisions, even like like Blackovich is the is the one coming up there in in light everywhere. He's not going to headline him, is he? You know, loads of people in loads of different divisions. You know, we talk about every week and these, you know. The headliners as they are 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 weak enough a lot of the time, and you don't want to be losing someone like Mark Hunt, who you know who you kind of look forward to in 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 a headlining spot against anyone really. You know, a Mark Hunt fight is always you know is always enjoyable. So hopefully, uh, hopefully he stays stays around and we see a bit more of of Mark Hunt. But you mentioned Verdum there. Why we're on the the heavyweights? Um, he's been banned for two years. Obviously, was was caught by Usada. They've given him down the the suspension. Obviously, you know it's been a tough time for for Verdum over the last couple of years. He he lost his title, obviously the big knockout uh, to Stipe Miocic, and was trying to get back into a title shot. Was was relatively close at one stage, but this is this the end of his career now? Do you think? Mm, I think he'll be back, but um, yeah, I think he'll be back just because he he actually like two years is, is a long time, and it's a long time when you're that age. But so many heavyweights are are old and slow and. Seems like you, you get nearly you get better as you get older as a heavyweight. Obviously, there's a cut off point if you're 50. You're, you're obviously 
I don't think you're going to be as good, but I think for Doom can still can still like headline cards. I know we're mentioning with uh, Mark Hunter, he can still he can still headline cards. He's a former champion. He, he, people know who he is. Um, a lot of people don't like him. A lot of people do like him. So as long as people care about you either way, then I think the UFC will look, he can be sticking around. If the UFC don't keep him around, I'm sure Bellator or 1FC or any of them would, would, would love to, to sign him up. So I don't, I, I definitely see him fighting again. Yeah. Like, but like if, if, he, yeah. if he wants to, if he doesn't want to go back to the UFC, he can just ignore that ban and fight in Russia or wherever he wants. Yeah, he obviously failed for Trinabal, uh two years. Uh, he's el- eligible to return in May 2020, so it's basically a year and a half uh, from now. It's it's a difficult one. As I said, 41 years of age, as you said as well, 40, what's 43, 42, 43 in, in heavyweight years is, is like 25 and every, <laughs> you know, every other division, so you never know. The thing about it is, you know, we, and we talked about Tom Lawler a while back uh, where he wasn't released until a couple of months beforehand. Like, will they want to release him? Like, And I know he probably won't be able to, to fight for Bellator or anything like that. And uh, Will they want to release him to go over to, to fight with someone else? You know, will they let him go and fight in Russia or 1FC or... or uh, why, 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 it wouldn't be in their interest to it'd be, it'd be a favor to him exactly exactly and that's the thing like you know a lot of people are talking about that oh i'm looking forward to seeing uh Verdum in russia like you know they, they kept frank mirror around for a long long enough time as well when they weren't kind of you know when he was when he was banned they did it with as i said with lawler and stuff and i don't think either of them at this stage of their careers are as big a names as Verdum actually is so i i find that hard i find it hard to see that actually happening but you know, I, I kind of hope it does. To be honest, you know, let him let him have a, another couple of fights and, and let him uh, let him bow out after that. Then, but there you go. Anyway, that's that. Um, all right, let's get to um, let's get to next week's card, and it is not uh, not a great one. To be honest, it's Jimmy Manoa versus Thiago Santos in the main event of this one. And I went back and watched a few of their their fights last night to kind of to suss up this kind of matchup. Um, and it's, it should be a good one. You know, these are two similar enough fighters in what they tried to get to in the end and that's obviously the knockout the way they do it is a little bit different Jimmy Manor was a very kind of flat-footed walk around after you try to cut off the cage type of fighter and land his big left hook or his big right hand behind it uh Tiago Santos is kind of a light on his feet switch kicker tries to land big hard hard head kicks very good top game when it gets to the ground so you know will, will Tiago Santos try to drag it to the ground I think that'd be actually wise for him to do uh because he'd have a big advantage there but I don't think he's actually going to do that i think he's going to try to to land from the outside manua very dangerous though when you do that because manua is is a counter puncher although he likes to, to push forward and clo- uh, uh, cut off the cage but if you make one mistake and manua hits you he's going to knock you clean out now santos can do the same but i don't think he has that as concussive one punch knockout power as manua uh, good fight isn't it how do you how do you see this one going yeah um i think if it stays on the feet uh, manua is going to be as you said, more powerful early, but if uh, if it starts going late and Santos can drag it to the ground a couple of times, even if he can't keep Manu there, Manu is pretty explosive early, it'll have Manu worrying, worrying about that. So, uh, I think Manu should win this one, but I wouldn't be surprised if if, it starts, if, he, if he doesn't win early, if Santos wins, but I, I'd pick Manu in this one. Yeah, I, I think I'm just going to lean Santos. I've, I've always kind of liked him. I like his game. Um, it, it It's... Kind of, I, I agree with what you're saying with, you know, if you 
if you pull him to the ground and take away um, his his gas tank early, it might be a big issue, and I think it actually will be. But I think if it stays on the feet and it keeps going into the second, third round without any take rounds, without any top position, I actually think it favours Manuel because he's just he just doesn't expend as much energy as as Thiago Santos does, and Thiago Santos is a guy who expends a lot of energy, and he's moving up as well from middleweight to light heavyweight. You know, he was, uh, I think it's, it's his second fight back. Just let me. I think it's his first. Is it, yeah, it's his first yeah. fight. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, he fought at middleweight the, the last couple of fights. He fought Kevin Holland and David Branch. So, yeah, you know, that extra weight in your back as well, you know, just kind of getting reacclimated to that after a while. I think that could be an issue as well. So, it, this to, to me, you know, breaking it down, this looks like it's someone's going to hit hard early in the first round and knock someone out. But that, you know, often in these high-level, um, you know, kind of main event type fights where where it is five rounds as well they guys tend to level. yeah they yeah. level out a little bit and come a little bit slower than they normally would so they don't you know burn themselves out so if that happens in the second third round <clears throat> i think it's tiago santos's style is a little bit tougher to keep going for a, for a few rounds but should be this is going to be a full one isn't it? it should be explosive enough um over over the however long it goes and you know manuel yeah, it's a good fight, but as a main event, it's just yeah. not going to get you excited. Exactly, that's what I was kind of talking about with Hunt as well. Like this Hunt, you know, you're kind of looking forward to seeing Hunt in the main event, but Manoan versus Santos, you know, and I know it's supposed to be Glover Teixeira against uh, Jimmy Manoa here in in the main event, but even that, you know, Glover I think is kind of a little bit over hill now at this stage in his career. Manoa, Manoa is a good fighter, but I don't think he is a main event caliber fighter that will get you excited for one. Yeah, so you know, with with, with you know, it's it's an exciting fight, but not would not one to ex- exactly draw you in. You're looking down the card as well. It's Alex Oliveira versus Carlo Persoli Jr. Nah, you know, Alex Oliveira. Persoli like, like he, has, he has good wins over Nicholas Dalby and Cage Warriors, and then Brad Scott is like mm-hmm. okay, it was a spit decision. Brad Scott's a kind of awkward, scrappy guy. Like he's be interesting to see if he can if he can step up the the level. Like it's definitely a step up. I think fighting uh, Alex Oliveira, yeah, and it was fighting fighting Brad Scott and Nicholas Dalby, but they outside of the UFC, like Dalby, is one of the, one of the best guys in the in the, in the welterweight division. So, um, it's, it's 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 a decent fight, but it's it's a co-main event, you know. Yeah. It, like if it was on a, a card early, like it'd be like, oh, that's a decent fight, but. Mm-hmm. What about Lil Nog against uh, Sam Alvey? That's uh, that's like the American Lil Nog against the uh, the Brazilian Sam Alvey. <laughs> I don't want to take as much Sam away from Lil Nog. Purely, purely counters. Like if if a person doesn't lead, he just stands there. Yeah, with his big stick, with his big sticking out lip, just waiting to punch someone in the face. But yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, what's Lil Nog going to do? I, I like. Lil Nog, Lil Nog is, is underrated boxing as well. Very good, like, yeah. he, he was the first one to kind of box up Rashad Evans and kind of uh, unexpectedly kind of just outstruck with ease. He outstruck Rashad with ease. But that was a good few years ago now. And Nog's been around and taking he's, he's taking a lot of damage in fights and probably in the gym because he's one of the old school guys. But uh, somehow he does have big power. But um, I think I think I go with Nog in this one, even though he's he's old. I think Sam Alvey. He could get him, but I think Nog would be too experienced to to lead. And uh, if he do, if he does lead and get caught, I think he'd be smart enough to to change up his game. But he could get caught, caught with that big shot that Sam Alvey's always looking for. So it always is a possibility. But uh, I, I go with Nog. Yeah, it's two years since he fought. He fought Ryan Bader in. Uh... In, in Sao Paulo as well in November 2016 and you know he was he was three and one his last four before that 
although you know two of those losses were were to uh, to Ryan Bader and Anthony Johnson, the other was a a decision over um, over Mauricio Shogun, who and it was Rashad and Tito before that as well. But I think in 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 his prime, there was no doubt about this. You know, I think everyone would be picking uh, Lil Nog to win here. You know, he was a fantastic fighter back in the day, but now. You know, I'd probably still pick him, but it's it's tough. You know, Sam Alvey is Sam Alvey's no joke. You know, he as you said, he doesn't do much, but you know, when he does land that big shot, he Sam Alvey hits really, really, really hard. Like he's he's no joke in that. You know, he's he's nineteen wins by knockout, which you know you can't sniff at either. So you know, not the best fight in the world. You know, not the most high level fight in the world, but not too not too bad. Hinn and Brow as well uh, is back yeah. here against Andrew Ull. I don't know. Do, do you know who he is? I've never heard of him. No, but I used to get excited about Hannah Brown fights even before he's in the UFC. But now it's just it's the shadow. Of the, it's like a, the ghost of Hannah Brown. Yeah. Uh, ever since that TJ Dillashaw fight, the first time where he, he would have been better off getting knocked out in the first round when he when he was it was one of them ones where he took a vicious beating and he never seemed to recover. Yeah, twice he took a vicious beating off him, didn't but he? The first yeah. one, like he came Especially, back in yeah. the second fight and didn't look like didn't look like Hannah Brown at all anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, but look, it's it's interesting to see him back, and he's back at um he's back at bantamweight here. He had a bit at at well at, at uh, featherweight, so he's back here. Uh, Francisco yeah, Charles Oliveira is always yeah. Sorry, Charles Oliveira is always uh, interesting. Like he does a few strange things, and sometimes crazy stuff happens in his fights where he just gives up or he says he's injured and he's not. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's always something something happens. It's either full submission or he goes for something and doesn't get it, and then gives up or. It's 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 more inter- he's more interesting to, to watch than your, your average standard fighter. But he, and again, it's not it's nothing to it's nothing to you're not going to be telling your mates who are casual fans like you need to come over and watch any of these fights. Yeah, some of the under card fights are good though. Francisco Trinaldo against Evan Dunham that that's a pretty good fight. I like that one. Sergio Moraes versus Ben Saunders. If that goes to the ground, that'll be fireworks. Talis Leites versus Hector Lombard. It's a very good fight, but yeah, that actually, yeah. that's, that's a better like Tali's Ladies versus Hector Lombard should be way further up the card. Yeah, uh, that could even be like the main event. Yeah, and um, uh, Zakelsi dos Santos against Belal Mohammed. That's a that's a really good fight as well. I like uh, I like dos Santos. He's won. He's won, I think, his last five fights in a row. Beat Sean Strickland, Max Griffin, Lyman Good, Keita Nakamura, and Omar Akhmadov after losing to Nicholas Dalby. This, you know, this guy is no joke. I see Grabag Hitman and a couple of other lads talking about him there uh, that, yesterday. Is that fight not off, no? The Bahamamur fight. Is it? I don't know. It's still here in. It's still here in fucking Wikipedia anyway, so. Uh, I thought I, I thought I saw he was injured. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. Belhal Mohammed has won his last four as well, so that's a you know that's a pretty a pretty I'm high level off. fight. So <clears throat> you know if you're watching this one, maybe watch the prelims and don't bother, don't bother yeah, watching no, the main he, card. He, he, he's been he got replaced two days ago by oh, undefeated he? newcomer Luigi Venratin. Mm. Uh, Ben for That's a pity. That's a pity. Um, all right. Uh, there's Bellator card as well next week. Roger Huerta's fighting one of the people brothers. Uh, AJ McKee is. is <laughs> the... yeah, I don't know which one. I, I can't watch it, so I don't know which one is which. Uh, and uh, AJ McKee's fighting as well. There you go. We mentioned Bellator. Fantastic. Uh, all right. Let's move on. <coughs> Did you see Triple G against Canelo last night? No, no, I didn't. I saw it. It was. I mean, we won't say too much on it because it's boxing. Obviously, this is not severe boxing, but I thought it was a very, very good bout. I thought it was a, a smashing contest. Uh, I had Triple G winning. Um, 
What? Oh, how do you level it? <laughs> you finally got to, you're coming around to it. I've been doing it now for a while. I just like doing that sometimes because I know it annoys people a little bit. Yeah. It annoyed me for a while. So I just... People are like to me, like, oh, you're just saying that because McGregor says that. It's like, no, I'm fucking not. He's fucking, I've been saying this for fucking years. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he said it because you said it. That's what happened, isn't it? But yeah. Um... <laughs> I don't know that for sure, but I've been saying it years before he ever said it. So. Yeah, that is true. You've, you have been a bollocks for years. That is, that is 100% true. <laughs> But uh, yeah, look, this bout was it was pretty good. It was a very back and forth. It was one of those ones that was the rounds were just so hard to score. I think there was three clear rounds in the whole fight, to be honest. So uh, these, there's a lot of shouts of robbery and stuff going around, right. and I don't buy him at all. Um, bout yeah, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, you can obviously for Triple G you, because the first fight was I think was more very clear that he had actually won it. Um, or more clear at least. Anyway, you have to feel sorry for him because there's two two fights here. That he could have won both of them, probably should have won both of them, and and didn't win either of them. So I think the trilogy makes sense. Obviously, it's uh, one zero and one now. So if if they go back in triple G win the the third one again, it could be it could be a fourth one. So I, I think it's good times for boxing really. And this was a, a very good fight, and I don't think it was that controversial. People always roar controversy in boxing is dead after every boxing match, but I think people are idiots, and they'll they'll come on and watch the the next big boxing match, and that could be. As I segue here, Floyd Mayweather, former foe of your boy Conor McGregor versus Manny Pacquiao. Did you hear about this? Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao met up at some event, said they're going to fight in December. Floyd said he's coming out, he said he doesn't want any excuses this time, North sore shoulder or anything on that. Is he running from MMA? Is he be running from Conor McGregor? What's the crack? Does anybody care about, about Floyd Mayweather versus Manny Pacquiao anymore? Mm, no, but... I think people will still watch it. I think this, I think this fight. What did, did will they do? pay a hundred dollars for it, or will they whip up a stream? I, I know. I think they'll probably. I, I think you're you're getting two million plus to watch this fight. If you had four million, will half the amount of people watch it this time? I think it will. I think it's probably two and a half million, but per view wise, at least in this fight, uh, I think it's still a lot two of money. At least, really. Yeah. I don't know boxing, but but that seems very high. It's it's Fly Mayweather like Fly Mayweather is guaranteed a million every time, even when he's fighting fucking Andre Berto. Although I think that did like nine hundred thousand or something like that. But still, you know, <laughs> he he fought, he fought a guy a zero on zero guy in his last fight, and it was one of the, the biggest selling pay per views like, of all Andre, time. Andre Berto fought; he was coming off the biggest bout of his career, like, and he still only did. I know nine hundred thousand going to be sniffed at in terms of paying any but Connor, it's it's small. Yeah, look, you broke up there for a second, but it's alright. Um, yeah, look. Uh, I do think it will still do very well. Obviously, it's not the fight it was, and you know, especially after the fight actually happened, and it was such a kind of a blowout. There is, there was a bit coming out of it though with the Pacquiao and with the whole shoulder thing, and with you know him having to get surgery straight after and everything like that. There, what and, I thought the thing that was the biggest thing was didn't Floyd get caught doing an IV? Exactly, yeah. That that's another thing as well, which I'm sure will, will be brought I got up. up the carpet by the the boxing media. Yeah. <laughs> Look, border border really like they were too old when they fought the first time, and now it's what three or four years on again. So it's it really is. It's another money grab, you know. May- Mayweather's done this all the time. Obviously, the, the McGregor fight was the biggest money grab in the history of combat sports, like in fair play to him. But this is another one. But this is kind of yeah, people will still buy it, and that's why it's, it's probably happening. Although you know, I wouldn't a hundred percent still believe it yet because it was an Instagram video and stuff. But yeah, as Ariel said, it's no surprise that it came out in the morning of Triple G Canelo uh, and things like that. So you know, and like I suppose the question is then, and we move on. Do you think that gives boost Triple G? Do you think that gives a boost to them though? Because people yeah. are like talking about. It. 
but people I, are talking about boxing and they're like, oh, did you see Floyd Mayweather? And then people are like, oh, you're going to watch the, the, the bout tonight or the, 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 people call it a fight. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it does. But I, I'm saying they did it. And I think Ar- this is what Arlie was getting at as well, that people were talking about boxing. You know, this is the biggest boxing match of the year. And people were talking about it. And, oh, Floyd Mayweather comes up on the same day as everyone's talking about boxing. You know, so I think, you know. Yeah, you couldn't was... let the spotlight be on somebody else for exactly. a minute. like Exactly. And, boxing-wise. And, yeah, and even if the, the bout is not happening, he could have just done it, you know, it was a bit like Steven Gerrard back in the day when he came on against Man United and he was shit and he got sent off. He just had to have the spotlight well, on him. he got sent off after 30 seconds, wasn't it? He, wasn't, exactly. he didn't even get a chance to play but, shit. But he knew he was shit, you know. <laughs> so, you know, lads he like that. He had to do a job when he, when he did the job. Yeah, these egomaniacs love to have the spotlight on him. And, you know, Steven Gerrard did it and I'm sure this is what Fly Mouder is doing again, whether the fight will actually happen or not. Do you, you, you think though, like honestly, and I know you're t- kind of taking the piss there, but like to be like a top sportsman or something, but I think you need to be a bit of an Oh, you, you do, need yeah. to be so selfish and you need to just you need to just I don't know you need to have a certain mindset that most people don't have and that's I agree. Part, part of it I think I agree I don't think we can fully understand what it takes you know even you know doing things in your own life where, where you have to get you know work for something for years and you know the, the level to do that and the, you know to, to you know the mindset you need to do that imagine that then when you have to improve all the time when you have to stay healthy when you have to keep your diet perfectly you have to do like you're not just doing one thing you're doing things over and over and over and the, the, the obsession to do that you know we were even talking about fucking running this website and you know we kind of get sick of it a little bit when it's you know and it's not you know half as much work as that imagine the amount of dedication and and fucking you know the unbelievable mental ability you have to actually reach those levels at you know with that pressure with all those people watching with all that money on the line it's absolutely it definitely is it, it is huge but uh and you know that's that's the thing you know i, I talked about it with philip o'connor once i think on, on one of the podcasts over on patreon so if you haven't listened to that maybe go back and give it a listen to it but it's definitely a, a topic we could, we could talk about again and i must get philip back on again so we, we, we could definitely talk about that but um a <clears throat> couple more things here i suppose what we're on conor mcgregor and, and fly mayweather and stuff here before we do that do you think Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather two will ever happen in MMA or, or boxing? Um, no, no, I don't know. There's, there's, a, possi- there's a possibility, but like, uh, I don't. I definitely don't think it will happen in MMA. I think if it happens in a cage, it'll be just the aesthetic and the the look of a fight that Floyd will want, and he'll it'll be boxing with it'll just be boxing in a cage. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way he's going to let Conor kick him or take him down or stick him in a guillotine or take his back. You know, no way. He's not, he's, he's, he's like, he's a smart guy, Floyd. He's not going to make his sport. Like, people actually think that boxers can go in and beat MMA guys. Like, you know, people have forgotten about James Tony. He was like a, literally had just been a heavyweight champion in, in boxing like when he went into against some 45 year old man and got absolutely manhandled like, got ankle picked and didn't know how to tap you know uh, people like it, w- it would be terrible for boxing i think if, if if floyd went in there in an mma fight against any mma fighter in the uc mm, yeah maybe but Except I- for yeah well even the <laughs> even the i'm sure he mike, jackson, mike, jackson, mike, jackson. Mike, jackson. mike jackson wouldn't fuck up fly but i wouldn't take him down I don't know, you might just get sparked. Maybe, maybe, but however. All right, Conor McGregor and Habib Nurmagomedov are meeting this Thursday at a press conference in New York, and 
the, the, Patrick kind of brought up this point on the Sheehan show over on uh, over on over on uh, the podcast severemail.com forward slash points uh, on Patreon. Uh, what do you th- do? You think it's a wise decision to put this on in New York with Conor McGregor just having a court case in New York? I'm sure if something happens and Conor McGregor picks a chair and <laughs> hits him, it's Khabib over the head with or throws a can at him or something. This isn't good, is it? I like why are they having this yeah. in New York? It makes no sense to me. What Nar- do you think? Narrative, narrative reasons because this is Brooklyn is where it started. Mm-hmm. That's true. I think, I think that's it. Yeah. That's, that's the reason. It fits, it fits into a narrative. Yeah. It's like, oh, last time these two were in New York, this is what happened, you know. What's going to happen this time? Yeah. Like, I think we talked about that before, like, using that as, as you know, a part of this story coming up to the fight. And obviously, we've three weeks to go into the fight. To. And, you know, they have to obviously talk about it. Like, wh- what are they supposed to do? Not talk about it? Completely ignore it? Like, I-, I think that's wrong. I think you have to talk about it. You have to talk about reality. I, I just, you know, I think we talk- need to talk about reality more, whether it's from drugs, test failures, to, you know, why people are banned, or, wh- you know, whatever. I I-, I-, I'm- I have no problem with this. I think they have to talk about it. And uh, I think it'll be good. What do you think it will happen at this press conference? Obviously, no fans there, just media. Yeah. I, I'm interested so strange, to see. Isn't it? Yeah, well, like if somebody cracks like a really good line, it's just going to be like silence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is odd. I, I'm very interested to see how it goes. Though, like what, what kind of you know, will McGregor go at Habib? Will Habib go at McGregor verbally? I mean, not physically, but I, I'm interested to see. It's the first time. Usually, when you're going into to McGregor uh, press conference like this, you just think, apart from Diaz one, maybe, and that kind of came at us, you know, immediately because they they a hastily organized presser, and you really didn't have time to think about it or anything. But usually, McGregor goes into the press conference, and you think he's going to school a dude. And what do you think is going to happen with Habib? Obviously, English isn't his first language and stuff, but still, he's he's pretty good at talking shit himself, and he's from Dagestan, and they're. You know they're they're not exactly Americans when it comes to being soft and stuff, are they? So how do you think that'll go? <laughs> being soft, um, I don't, I don't, I don't see Habib hitting people with zingers. Like I, he says, like good stuff when he's being interviewed, maybe like in a scrum or a one-on-one. But I can't remember him saying anything really good at a press conference before. But I might just be forgetting that. But I think if it's just media, it's going to change the, the dynamic that. Connor kind of thrives in of like feeding off the fans, mm-hmm. so that could change it a bit. But I obviously think Connor's the I got the quicker wit and <laughs> is a better trash talker or true talker, as Connor would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So looking forward to seeing that happen. We'll probably have a breaking news podcast after if I can drag someone out with me. Graham will be away. Graham, you're going to be away now for the next couple of weeks, aren't you? We might hear from you for a while, but I'll yeah, yeah. Be away for a few few weeks. Yeah. So you won't miss me anyway. I'm barely here. I won't miss you, exactly, exactly. Uh, Alright, let's get to the questions. We'll get to the Patreon ones, and I'll answer most of the Twitter ones and other ones over on uh, Patreon. Uh, go to severemed.com forward slash points, as I said again. We've loads of stuff off from last week. We'll have loads of stuff coming over the next few weeks. A few big guests as well uh, coming on to break down uh, McGregor versus Habib, so that should be fun. This is the month now. If you sign up now, you'll be in there uh, until... Um, until McGregor versus Habib, so this is the time to sign up. Patreon.com forward slash... What? Is that true? Is well, not on the first of the month. Oh yeah, it is actually one. Yeah, fuck, fuck sacred. Yeah, I am fake news. I am, I am fake news. I am fake news. I, I take it back. I actually, you won't. Yeah, you won't. But stay on anyway. It'll only cost you like a tenner for for two months. But uh, there yeah. you go anyway. But you la- yeah, you'll you'll have most of the the we'll have loads of stuff. Two points at a time anyway. So like, does he? Never liked it. Never liked that for. All right, let's get to the questions from Terence Stevenson. You probably discussed this during the pod anyway. But do Blakovich and Olnik have realistic paths to the title? If so, what are they? 
I don't think Olnick does. I think he'll get, he'll get beaten. Blakovic might, because as I mentioned earlier, most of them are gone. Like, imagine DC doesn't come back. Imagine Jones gets banned for four years. Uh, and Anthony Johnson's gone. Like, who's who's going to fight Gustafsson then? Destroy him. Or Gustafsson. Um. But, uh, okay, realistic path to winning the title, no. But to get in a title fight? Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, well... Yeah, well... <laughs> If it's that open, I can see guys moving up, like Yo Romero or, or Jack Array or something like that. But mm-hmm. and I suppose you know the next question as well from Don Sickney is is the same. If DC doesn't come back and, and Jones is gone, who do you think uh, will will fight Gus for the for the title? Maybe the winner of Smith versus Ozemir. He puts it. Yeah, that's another Anthony Smith is a guy who's on the rise as well, isn't he? Yeah, I see Ozemir winning that one though. To be honest, um, Ozemir looked really really good before. Before the title, the title fight, and okay, the title fight definitely didn't go his way, but he, he did look dangerous early in that title fight as well. He's very dangerous early, and I think they'll get this done early. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Evan Keaveney, which upcoming fight outside of the UFC are you looking forward to the most? Um, I, I'm looking forward to a lot of these these Irish and UK guys starting over in Bellator. Obviously, none of them have been matched yet, but definitely looking forward to that. Looking forward to Dylan Tuke as well. He's fighting soon, isn't he? Over in over in Cage Warriors, so from the, yeah, from the Irish side. Definitely looking forward to that. Looking forward to Rory is fighting in a couple of weeks' time again, isn't he? Against Gegard Musasi. Yeah, I think so, Rory's the, the the Rory's the high, most high level guy, in mm-hmm. my opinion, outside the UFC. That's well, there's obviously guys coming up, but like that's established and that people know and. Bellator need to use him better. Like they need to, they need to promote him better. Like he's the, he's the guy that people actually know. Like people, people remember remember him as just like oh he's GS, he's the next guy. He's gonna be like GSP's success, successor. And GSP was saying that, and everybody seemed to think you know oh this guy is so good at seventeen. Look what he's gonna be like when he's like you know he's been in people's consciousness for a long time mm-hmm. as a high level guy, even when, even when he was young. And like Bellator, when they have these guys, they need to use them better. Like, and in fairness, they're trying this. They're trying this tournament. They're trying to make something happen, and we'll we'll see what happens here. But like Gagar Musasi versus Roy McDonald, are the casual fans going to watch that? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Yeah, you need to get Roy McDonald in there with like somebody who has a name, like even Chael Sonnen. Like you know, get him in there at middleweight against Chael Sonnen. That's, that's the other kind of fight you need to you need to, you need to make. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, MMA Taliban Tyron Woodley I'll beat your ass can you listen to this and keep a straight face have, have you heard it no no Can I? If, am I allowed to play a bit of it will we get pulled down off something if I play a bit of it is it a like a proper song or yeah, is it it's, a, it's an actual song with here let me play a bit uh, I don't know if you can hear this I can or not it, just play a little tiny bit okay uh, let me forward on a bit hold on. I'll beat your ass I'll beat him on God though oh, yeah. talk slick move quick like a pot though oh, yeah. wet back with my ears. eyes closed that is, it's it's pretty bad. You got a feel for it there, anyway. Yeah, it's it's pretty awful, uh, to, to be honest. But fair play to him. You know, he's a song out in the in the charts with Wiz Khalifa and whatnot. Uh, yeah, look, fair play to him. Yeah, I can't watch it, listen to it with a straight face. It's pretty awful. Don Stickney, what's the buzz or excitement level in Ireland for Connor versus Habib fight? It's it really hasn't kicked off much yet, has it? It's, it's I, yeah. I, um, this it was more like when, when is Connor gonna fight Habib was more of a question that I've got and many questions about the fight but having said that this weekend for some reason people are out drinking or talking about the fight or whatever I got a few messages like about oh what do you think what bets what where how do you see it going kind of thing like uh, three or four of my mates so I think it's starting to build now mm-hmm. um as, as it gets closer yeah we're, um, we're only three weeks away as well so I suppose people are 
organizing piss ups yeah, and stuff. Press like. gonna help massively. Like, so something's gonna happen here. Like it's not just gonna be all like fucking handshakes and smiles and there's gonna be some news out of this. It's gonna people are gonna be interested in clicking and it's gonna let them know that this fight is coming up soon and people are gonna start getting excited, I think. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, after Thursday I suppose we'll know more, but yeah, definitely. Uh Evan Keevney, Condit and Kiesa seem to be interested in fighting each other in December. What do you think of the matchup and how does it play out? Seems like a good matchup to me. Uh two guys who are good on the ground, good good on the feet, maybe I think that's if, if that was a five round, it'd probably go five rounds or three rounds or whatever. Um you know, I think Condit might be a little bit past it at this stage. Uh, I probably favour yeah. Kiesa at this stage, but good fight. Yeah, I, I, I see nothing wrong with that. Let's let's make that happen. Uh, Don Signy coming yeah, I think on. Kiesa gets a takedown and probably Rinnick chokes him. Do you? Some oh, Kiesa at Rinnick chokes him. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Uh, coming off the Hunt win, will we see Connor uh, level UFC PR push behind Alnick? He's brash, young, handsome, and spits fire on the mic. He's exactly the type of star WME has been looking for. He could seal the deal by dropping a duet with Woodley. Is he kill shock your ass? Yeah, I like that. I like that. Let's do that. Uh, if Aldo gets uh, some exciting lights, uh, wins at lightweight, could you see a Conor rematch happening? I think enough time has passed and it could be uh, remarkable, a really remarkable fight for Conor Tots. Yeah, do you hear about this, Jose Aldo? I don't think it's, I don't think it's, I don't think it's that remarkable. Uh, mm, I don't think it's that remarkable. Jose Aldo, McKenzie doesn't speak English. And, uh, I don't know. I think the, the only reason it was remarkable because he was 10 years undefeated and pound for pound, undisputed and all that shit. And Conor had been talking about him the whole time and, uh, oh, I just I just don't see the interest being there again. People like didn't he KO him in thirteen seconds? You know, people people want people want Connor to fight wrestlers or they want him to fight bigger guys. If he goes out and beats a beef, they're, they're gonna want him to fight like who they're gonna want to fight then? Like you know, Woodley, Woodley or GSP, GSP yeah. Or, yeah, or Diaz again is always loitering there as well. That's true. But what what about I suppose beside that point, Aldo at lightweight. We've called for it a lot of times. I think there's a lot of good matchups there for him at white lightweight. Yeah. A lot of fun fights there. I'm happy he's he's talking about going to lightweight. They're talking about him fighting Cowboy Cerrone on short notice, which would have been a very fun fight. I would love to have seen that. But you know, yeah. I'd love to see him fight Pettis. I'd love to see him fight Habib. Even you know, if Habib Habib loses the title. Tony Ferguson, loads of good fights Justin there. Gaethje, Justin Gaethje, yes, be great sign me up for that straight away. Yes, let let's do that. Uh, Nina Shea, a new a new uh, a patron. Very thank you very much, Nina, for signing up. Uh, Pizza Carroll said on the podcast with Graham that he didn't think McGregor was training at all after five flight. He picked Habib since he thought Connor would have ring rust. Do you have any insight into how much training Connor was doing prior to the fight camp with Habib, Graham? Um, yeah, well, I know he was in great shape. I was with him in New York uh, both times. He was training and he was training every day, and he looked in great shape and and all that. I, I like it's uh, it's uh, he's doing what he always does. Like you know, nothing's really changed from what I what I've seen. Like I haven't been there the whole time, but uh, and I can't say obviously specifics of anything. But but uh, no, I don't think he's he's definitely not not training or. The double negative, yeah. yeah no, he, he definitely is training. He's definitely yeah. training. Yeah. Uh, Drew, I've been there. <laughs> he's definitely training. <laughs> Drew Statterfield, is he training with you? Did he take you down like King Mo? Oh Jesus, no! And my fucking tailbone, I never get doing that again. <laughs> Drew Statterfield, John Jones was at the UFCPI in business attire with his agent. Since he's technically suspended, what would be the point of him having a meeting with him if he's not going to be fighting at two thirty? Well, I think the point of that is he's probably. 
like when I saw that I was like oh he's probably there to meet Jeff Nowitzki and have a meeting and have a discussion about what's going to be next or where where they is where where they are at this stage uh I don't know 100% but that's just what I was thinking about it did you see that John Jones when Malky Cow at the PI yesterday and he yeah uh, the PI is right beside the UC headquarters so mm-hmm. it's possible that he would like if he was up there and down there probably if he's in his office pop down or whatever but um if he's there in a suit he's probably not rehabbing any kind of injury which they, they let UC fighters do with the PI um who knows maybe maybe he, I don't know why he'd be in the PI even if he, like because it's, the PI is actually separated from from the UC it's on the same premises but you have to walk a little bit mm-hmm. so uh, I, I don't know it's hard to know what, what's going on there yeah uh Sean Dinny what's the largest animal that Olnick could choke out I think a hippo donkey. might be a donkey. Uh, <laughs> hippo would be a bit big. Um, a giraffe, that's pretty big. It's more I don't know, do they have pressure big, points? Do, do, do horses and donkeys have the same pressure points as we have? I don't know. Kangaroo, you could probably... T- t- yeah. A giraffe, that's a big neck for you. Giraffe. Yeah, giraffe is no tall. I, actually, a giraffe doesn't, yeah. ha- doesn't have a big neck. It's just a big back. That's that's uh, a nah. oh, well, yeah. yeah, it's an unusual. That, 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 that old neck judge that. Yeah, he fucked him up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're, we're, we're latch onto that thing like the neck. We're going with a drop. From Schmevi Schmenz, does a prime one ninety five eleven Art Jimerson beat the crap out of a five eight one forty cyborg inside the cage? No, cyborg destroys him. Yeah, I agree. Cyborg. Who do you think He's wins? won't go up in this in this I think so. Yeah. Who wins, cyborg or cyborg or Nunes? Nunes. I agree. I agree. Uh, Don Stickney, a question for the next podcast. Uh, Aldo said if the Holloway versus Ortega fight is happening, he's going to lightweight. Do you want to see him facing his debut? I like Aldo versus Eddie. What is it? Is Aldo? Aldo's like, who? Like, Aldo's mad. Like, he, he just lost twice to Holloway and, he, and like, he expects to get an immediate third title shot, like, or mm. third fight. It's mental. Like, what's he talking about? He's a gas man, though. What do you, what do you think of him against Eddie, though? Eddie Alvarez? Um, hmm. I would have picked Aldo years ago, but now that's a tough one. I don't know. I haven't even thought about it. Yeah, true. Well, good fight, though. I'd like to see it happen. Legacy, legacy yeah, question. Fight, but I, I, it hurt now. Yeah. From Adam, legacy question for the podcast. Considering the lack uh, of recognition Connor gets from the Irish media and news at present, how do you think <laughs> he will be remembered on the reeling in the years when it's all, all is said and done? Uh probably it be depends a, on yeah. it depends on if the next time RTE ask him on the late late show or something if he turns up or not at the time they're making real in the years I think RTE are very petty like that I think uh, a lot of there's a lot of petty people in TV yeah that's true lawsuit question okay this might be a stretch but also difficult to <coughs> discredit if part of Chiesa's lawsuit is that Connor cost him a scheduled fight and damages his career why couldn't you make the same argument if your opponent misses weight or any other reason that wasn't anything to do with you that causes your fight to be cancelled I mean what does an act that caused the change it wasn't criminal you know yeah it wasn't criminal yeah I think that's that's the whole point uh, about it uh, you know this case is going to be and I think we talked about it last week or in, on one of the Patreon podcasts but I saw a lot of people talking about this case and saying that it's the, the wording of it makes it seem bad for Kiesa if he was just looking for damages for you know for what happened to him or the injuries or whatever I think he'd have a yeah, better chance but yeah it looks yeah. like more of a money grab now but he'd probably get something out of it anyway but I don't think he'll, yeah. he'll I think he should be in, like he probably should be given his, his, his show and his, his pay yeah and a, and a little bit more probably in, in fairness to, um, but yeah some, yeah some yeah whatever like hospital bills and a little bit of whatever they call it when for like 
pain or whatever they call that in America. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, there's one from Facebook here as well that I wanted to ask you because it was your one to can answer. Hold on, two seconds here now. If it will fucking ever open, here we go. Uh, it's from Sean Boyle. Is Jones versus Cormier too far fetched from two thirty? Uh, yeah, probably is. Is there any chance of a few photos, of the lads? At UFC two to nine. Looking forward to the atmosphere. Any recommendations for Las Vegas, Graham? Sean Boyle. Recommendations? Uh, yeah. Well, if you've never been to Vegas before, do the strip thing and go to old Vegas. But if you've been to Vegas a few times, just get off the strip and go go to places like the Rum Runner. Where you get two quid points instead of fifteen quid points oh, on a strip. I, I want to go there. Um, and have pool tables and good food, and it's 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 open twenty four hour. Uh, top golf is always good crack. Drink some food and smashing some balls. Uh, yeah, I think Old Vegas is probably the, the best place to go. Um, the old strip, mm-hmm. but the new strip is good now. But after a couple of days, it's just so loud and annoying, and so many annoying people everywhere, and mobility scooters and stuff. Mm. Uh, uh, and people literally a minute or two and they stand up and walk to Mars. You know, mate. Yeah. Uh, two last um, things. Two yeah, last. The mad, it's just, just go there embracing the, the madness and the chaos. Yeah. <laughs> two two final things here. Do you think Uriah Faber fights again? <sighs> yeah, probably. Yeah, I think he probably does as well. And what did you think of the, the trio of Dan Hardy, John Gooden and Paul Felder in the in the booth together? Um. Yeah. Uh, wasn't bad. Like, uh, I didn't I, uh, I didn't see anything wrong with it but I don't know about the three men, men boots. I think I prefer two. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just about getting used to. It. Maybe it's so so used to the two men. So many so many of maybe I've watched over the years have been two, but none of the there's no three together. That I'm like, oh, you need to these three are connect, yeah. uh, click, clicked and have clicked, and they're 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 brilliant. Put them on every time, but that takes time as well. And it's a pity Joe Rogan's kind of phoning it in now because he was very good back in the day, like. Yeah, I I think this is maybe the best three-man boot they've had because I think they're very respectful of each other and they all kind of wanted to hear what the other person has said rather than kind of roar over each other or trying to have the, you know, the the, the, the JR, the Jim Ross moment at the end of the fight and stuff. And I don't think these lads were like that, but there was still a bit of talking even over each other, which is just natural. You know, even... Inevitable. If, yeah, even... Excitement. Exciting moments happen. It's like, you know, yeah. something happens, you just want to point you have to point it out in the moment or something else will happen and it's too late you know mm-hmm. it is a difficult job you're talking for like seven hours straight as well yeah but i i really liked him i liked i think gooden is very good in in that role and that he kind of just lets guys talk and he does he knows himself because he trains and everything and he's very good at that but i think he he lets dan he brings the best out of dan hardy and i thought he brought the best out of paul felder as well i thought he was very good in that role and i, I like the two lads together they're having a bit of banter yeah. you know paul felder called himself a stupid american and stuff at one stage as well which was it was very funny i I really like Paul Feller. I really especially like all three. Yeah, especially when he's Irish. Yeah, but yeah, I really like them. I'm. I just. I. I yeah, worse than Norma Graff. Yeah, worse than Norma Graff. Yeah, I. I uh, chill, uh, Felder. Chill. Just because he's called up, you're a dragon. You're all over him. Am I a chill for anyone? Who am I a chill for? Wonder Boy. Not really a Wonder Boy. You're, you're for a chill What? You're a chill for a lot of people. For who? Oh God, tell me who. Go on, go on, call me out here. Francis Ngannou. Ah, uh, not really. He's class. Ah, you were like, he's unstoppable. And then he went to Karen <laughs> and shot the bed. Look, look, we can all look. What did, what did Nate Diaz do to Conor McGregor? Look, you weren't so happy then, were you? Fuck's sake. Shale. McGregor, uh, well, it was, uh, it was It was good narrative for the film. 
it wasn't very good. Graham just slapping the, the dollar bills out of his hand after after that. <laughs> no, it was pretty. It was, it was like somebody died in that dressing room after it was yeah, fucking yeah. out. Jesus, yeah, sure, Jesus. We got what the best part of any of the documentaries, and I saw posted the other day was Tony McGregor doing his poem out the back of their house before the UFC Dublin card. Oh, that is a series. Yeah. Oh my god. It's so <laughs> You I, helped him, I, helped him, I helped him. I helped him write that poem. Did you? He, oh my god! I well, he, well, he had it already written, and then I like we changed it a little bit because he showed it to me and Paddy and Gab before. <laughs> I need to hear more about this. Okay, well. it was just he had it. We just like oh, change. This sounds better or something. You know, we just changed. He's like, oh yeah, yeah and changed it. Uh, then he whipped out the cards. He whipped out the aces. We didn't even know he was going to do that. that was you were there for that, were you? Yeah, we filmed it. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, Travis. <laughs> that was fucking. That was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Tony McGregor's a legend. Like, did you see the whole coinage thing? Obviously, did we probably talked about it a few weeks yeah. ago? But he ha- he has some like uh, he has some like sponsorship now with like the, the Dart and the Irish Mirror or something like that, where he's giving out free Dart tickets Fair and play. stuff. Fair. Legend, yeah. I loved Tony McGregor's Instagram is absolutely brilliant. He's a yeah. he's just Tony having a bit of crack. He really means well. He's he's just having yeah. a bit of crack. Like people exactly. need to relax. Like exactly. He's, he's a really man. he's a really nice guy. He's just. He's just having a bit of crack. Like, relax, everybody. You're yeah. going to be looking to jump down people's throats at every turn. Like. The neck of some people, Grim. The fucking neck of them. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> thanks, everyone, for listening. Any, anything to, to say, Graham, before we go? Um, yeah, thanks for everybody who signed up on Patreon. And if anybody wants to, to sign up, go over to patreon.com forward slash severe podcast or severemmay.com forward slash pints, P-I-N-T-S. And uh, yeah, if you can give us like ratings on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever podcast uh, platform you use and all that stuff is much appreciated as well. Yeah, thanks very much. And uh, and also we didn't have as many f- uh, technical fuck ups this week. So that was great. Uh, the last couple of weeks have been a bit of a fucking disaster, but uh, we're all good today. Thanks to everyone for, for listening. We love you Maybe all. Maybe you said that it like, didn't record or something. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I can actually see it regarding these. Uh, so it's, it's actually not too bad. But um, all right, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, We'll see you all next time. And all that's left to do is the inspirational quote of the week. It is only possible to live happily ever after on a day-to-day basis. We'll see you next Tuesday or Monday or maybe Sunday.